Last week, we talked about persistent faith. And we specifically talked last week about what it means to be a doer of the word. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to James chapter 1. And we're going to start in verse 22. I just want to recap. And then we're going to talk today about what it really means to continue in the word of God. Remember how we've been talking about how you're free. Well, here's the thing. The enemy is going to try to use circumstances, people, situations in your life to pull your eyes off the word of God, which is off the Lord Jesus. Because if he could separate you from your faith, you'll start feeling sorry for yourself. And you know, sometimes you're in a hard situation. But the thing is, feeling sorry for yourself, getting upset, blaming God, whatever people do, that's not your answer and it's not your way out. So, so the word of God will help you. So we're going to talk about just not only how to be a doer of the word, but what does it mean to continue in the word of God? Because those are the ones that actually walk in the truth of the word of God. James chapter 1 verse 22 says this, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And this word hearer means a listener. This is a person who, who can sit in church every service and listen. And you know, you're here. Remember, we, like we don't have a time clock out there. This is not a religious act. We come here, we, are, we understand that we are part of the kingdom of God and that this is a battle of eternal life and death in this earth and that the God of heaven loves us and wants us blessed so that we can show the world Jesus so that they can come to know him. Do you know if you look at the Bible as an aerial view, God came to Abraham and, and when God came to Abraham and cut covenant with him, he didn't say to, to Abraham, he didn't say, listen, I'm going to bless you and, and the nation of Israel will be blessed because of you. He didn't say that. He said all the nations of the earth were to be blessed. The Jewish people were literally to show the world what it was like and the blessings of walking with the God of heaven so that other, other people, which was the Jews called Gentiles, could all know the Lord and that all the nations of the earth were to be blessed. Now the Jewish people got selfish and got all religious and started saying that the slang term of the day, if you in Jesus' day, if you were not a Jew, you were considered a dog. Because they're like, we're the ones that God gave his word to. We're the ones that God made covenant with. We have it all. You're nothing. But that was never God's design. So now Jesus died, and now the church is in the earth for one purpose, so that all the nations, all the peoples of the world can be blessed because they could learn. They could look. You should be able to look at me or look at yourself and see God, see his goodness, see who he is through our lives. So to do that, see the Bible, there's a principle that says when I peer into the word of God, that I'm changed. That word changed literally means, it's the Greek word metamorpho. I'm, I'm transfigured, I'm transformed, I'm changed into the image of Jesus. So see, what the Holy Spirit, when we get into the whole thing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all, you could sum it all up in saying this, the Holy Spirit is in your life to show on the outside. He'll pull on the outside who you really are on the inside. 
the first person that needs to see that is you. You need to see who you are in Christ because you're wonderful, you're victorious, you're an overcomer, right? You're a person that literally has no past. You walk in peace. You can do all things. All things are possible because you're connected. You're connected into the source. He's your strength, everything. So it says, but be doers of the word, not just listeners. Only deceiving your own selves. Now, I want to go into this word deceiving. This this word in the Greek, deceiving your own selves, what that means is it literally means to exercise one's reason. To reason falsely, to reason incorrectly, and to be misled. If you're just a listener of the word, you're going to now start to exercise your own reason. What do I mean by that? You're going to still be trying to work your own life out, trying to figure it out and everything else, and and you'll think you're all that because maybe you have a, a, a more of an education to another person, which is thinking so far below who you are as a child of God. Listen, education's wonderful. If you look at Paul, I mean, he was the most educated man of his probably generation. But you know what? What did he say? I am who I am by the grace of God. Because see, Jesus didn't call you to live a nice little natural life. He called you to change your world. So it says here, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Notice, and we said this last week, Satan's not deceiving you. He doesn't have to. If you're exercising your own reason, you've already deceived yourself. And you're going to end up being misled. Because you'll get to a place, I'm telling you, you'll get to a place in life where what you're facing, you can't, you can't overcome. Whether it's a doctor's diagnosis or whether it's, it's a financial situation, whatever it is, whether it's literally for some people, they can have everything and then they commit suicide. Why? Because, because all roads with the enemy lead to death. And, and then here's the biggest one where you think, wow, I've got everything in my life and I'm just living my life but, and I'm suppressing this fact that I know there's a God and I'm, I, I know I don't want to live for him, I want to live for myself. But you, but you know, you, you, you have maybe some success, maybe financially you have money, whatever, and you live your whole life, which is a vapor. And then you go into eternity and are lost forever and you never become who God made you to be. And you'll have to stand before God at the white throne judgment and be judged for every sin that Jesus paid for for you. God doesn't want that for anyone. So, so see, this is why this is important. You don't want to deceive yourself. Self-deception at the end of this church age, uh, the last days started when Jesus came out of the tomb. So we're in the last of the last days. They're days of great self-deception. It says, for if any, verse 23, be a hearer of the word and not a doer, now it's going to tell us, remember last week, what this person is like. What is the hearer like? It says here, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. That word in the Greek literally means a mirror. And remember last week I had that mirror. A hearer of the word is one 
it's like he's looking, and it's a look of inspection. He's looking, or in other words, he's sitting in church, and he's listening. And he's going, wow, this is good. This is helpful. This is great. Maybe even this is my answer. They're looking. They're inspecting. I could use this. I could say this. I could do this. But then, once we dismiss, he goes his way. So what he does is he's looking. Like right now, you might be listening. And you're, you're looking at the word of God. You're looking. It's like a word of inspection. But the hearer only and not the doer then will do this and go his way. Okay, that was awesome. Pastor, that was an awesome service. Wow, that was an awesome sermon, Pastor. And then they just go their way. And the Bible says this person forgets what manner of man. Did you notice it says he was? Why does it not say he is? No, he forgets what manner of man he was. Because when he was looking in the mirror, he knew who he was. But when he stopped looking at the word, he forgot who he was. Do you see that? And when you forget who you are, guess whose way you go? You go your way. I'd, I'd like to show you the t-shirts that I got at the concerts of I'm going to do it my own way. It's a horrible thing. They don't fit right. There's burn marks all over them, right? You know, <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. But see, that's, that's what a hearer only so we're talking about continuing in the word. It goes on to say, verse 25, but whoso looketh, but whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty. Another way to say that, but who, whoever will look at the word of God. And this word look is to look and keep on looking. See, we're to live our life like this. If this is the word of God, I'm to live my life like this. The doer of the word is one who looks and keeps on looking into the word and continues therein. That word continues means I stay there, I abide there, I remain there. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Pastor, it should say, but being a doer of the word. Well, guess what the word will lead you to do? The work. But not your own work. To work out what he's working in. In other words, as you keep looking at the word of God, light comes out of it, and it's a lamp to your feet, and it's a light to your path. So you see what you're to do. So what does the doer do? He is led by the Spirit. He does whatever, whatever the Word has shown him to do. He goes wherever. So now, if I live my life like this, I, everything in my life, if I'm asked to do something, I only do things that the Spirit of God leads me. Do you see that? So if I, if I want to know where, where to go to work... I have to, because Jesus is my Lord, and I'm peering into the Word, and because I trust Him, because I know how good He is, I know He only has increase for me. I know that He's my provider. I, where I go to work is going to be based on one thing. What are you leading me to do? Not, does this job look better than this job? I, I know people. I, I, I knew one man years and years ago that moved to Texas to make three times the money that he was making. 
And this was way, way back, and he was probably making 250. So that times three, that's $750,000 a year. That's, that's pretty good. You could probably make it in Texas on that, right? <laughs> but he moved to an area, couldn't find a good church. So he'd go to different churches, whatever. Now, was there a good church? Oh, probably, but he wasn't willing to maybe drive four hours because he took the wrong job. I don't know. But see, he got out of place. He ended up losing the position and losing his family. Well, it's not worth that. God may have you go to work somewhere for less money because you're going to meet somebody there that's going to lead you to another job where you're going to make a lot more. See, there's no, there's no going backwards in God ever. God doesn't even know how to go backwards. Right? I mean, God goes forward so much that he stands at the beginning of something and tells what's going to happen at the end of it. That's how advanced he is. He stood, he stood before you ever hit the earth and he talked about your life. Isn't that good news? So it says here, but whoso looks and keeps looking into the word of God and continues therein, stays there, remains there, abides there. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, he shall be. That's a very strong word in the Greek. There's no gray area there. This will happen. If you never take your eyes off the word of God, you shall be blessed in his deed. In the Greek language, it says you shall be blessed in your doing. Doesn't that, remember, it kind of sounds like he'll bless the work of your hands. Kind of like with Joshua. You'll meditate in the word day and night. Don't turn to the right or left. Meditate in it day and night. And, and so that you could observe yourself doing everything that's written in the word. And then, Joshua, you'll make your way prosperous. He'll bless the work of your hands, right? It all fits together. So the hearer of the word is simply a person that once he hears, he sets it down, takes his eyes off of it, and he goes his way. We see a picture of that where here's Peter. He's in a boat. And there's a storm, and he's a professional fisherman. No doubt he had heard about people drowning. The Sea of Galilee, I've been on it before. It's beautiful. And you know, you sit there and go, I couldn't imagine it having a storm. But what they say happens is out of the mountains, it's like a wind tunnel right to this sea. And in a matter of minutes, if a big storm comes up, it can just, the, the, it goes from a crystal glass to real bad. But then Jesus said, or Peter said, hey, if that's you, Lord, bid me to come to you on the water. And then he got out of the boat. It says he climbed out of the boat. So he had to climb out, stepping on water. I mean, stepping on liquid water. Defying the law of physics. And he kept his eyes on Jesus. So he keeps his eyes on Jesus. And he's walking to him. But then all of a sudden, he started, he started noticing the waves. And you know you can't walk on liquid water if it, the wind's blowing. See how crazy that is? So the wind's blowing. He's, he takes his eyes off Jesus of Kenny's Jesus. The minute he takes his eyes off Jesus, he's now going his way. See, to, to take your eyes off the word, you instantly are going your way. The Bible says those of us who are born again are one spirit with God. We're a created being that's not created to do it on our own way. We're to do everything with God. So the minute I take my eyes off 
the word of God, I'm going my own way and now I'm beginning to sink. It's exactly the way it is in your life. Your whole life is Zoe life. Zoe life is not in the boat, it's out of the boat. If you're doing something and it's just to your ability, it's probably not what God's going to have you do long term. He's going to move you to do things that you, you know, that word, that word that Paul preached, he said, listen, God's grace helps me overcome this inability to produce results. The grace of God makes it so you, you always can produce results. It makes you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I love Pastor Edwin, the fact that as he finished the Ph.D. program at the Med Center in Biochemistry, his paper was published in 11 days. I mean, he's, he's brilliant. But guess who gave him that? Right? In 11 days. Well, wh- why? You don't think that that talks and tells about God. Right? Because Edwin will be the first one to tell you. Pastor Edwin will be the first one to tell you, I am who I am by the grace of God. Right? This is the way we live, guys. So that's the hearer. The doer, it's simple. You just keep your eyes on the word. Because see, God knows this. You're made to speak what you see. So if you're ever not looking at the word, you're going to speak your circumstances and it will produce death. It literally can't produce life. If, if you live your life based on what you see, what you feel, what you hear, you're gonna, it, it can't produce zoe. And God has called you to live in the zoe life of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. This uses another word for hearing. It's not the same Greek word. Because in Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing. And this word hearing in the Greek is where you give, you reverence the word that you're hearing to the point to where you give it your full attention and you allow it to speak to your heart. So hearing here is almost you're allowing the word of God to speak to your heart. Faith, see, when you hear when the sound of God's word drops in your spirit and you get revelation of it, the sound of that word brings faith. That's when you're in faith. So many people, so many believers do not even know how to walk by faith. And they'll know how to quote scriptures, but they never can make the dots work. And it all gets back to where is God in your life? If he's number three or four, or even number two, you're probably just a listener. And, and you don't ever see. See, if you keep looking at it, you can go from being a listener to being a hearer. Because when you peer into him, he is the word and he's irresistible. And see, this Bible is God speaking to you. It's him telling you how much he loves you and how that he's with you and how that whatever you're facing is not bigger than him. He's like this, by his spirit, he's like, okay, Tony, keep your eyes on me. You can do this. You can move that mountain in your life. You can do what they say you can't do. Just keep your eyes on me. We're gonna do this thing together. Do you see that? 
And you, so you start looking at the Word of God, and pretty soon it captures you. And you start, the, the sound of God starts, it, it comes up out of your spirit, and faith is there. And instantly you're like, yes, I can do this. I can do this through Christ. He's strengthening me. Satan, you're defeated. You're under my feet. Oh, you look so big three seconds ago. Right? Cancer looks so big three seconds ago, but then all of a sudden I heard the voice of God so filled with power and life that instantly I took my eyes off how big cancer is and I started comparing cancer to him. Cancer's nothing to him. It's devastating compared to me. But to him, it's nothing. See, this is, this is how faith comes. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In other words, faith comes as you hear the word of God. You believe the word of God in your heart, and you speak it out of your mouth. You'll know when faith is there, because when you hear God's word in your heart and faith is birth, you will always speak. Faith is never one place, it's always two places. It's in your heart coming out of your mouth. So if you want to know if you're in faith, it's real simple. What are you talking about? If you're talking about your circumstances, you're not in faith. If you're talking to your circumstances and you're saying things to them like, it is written, it is written, it is written, you're in faith. So as you walk by faith, faith, the word is always going off in your heart. Think about how cool that is. We can live life where God always talks to us every minute of every day. So see, we live by faith, and so I'm always talking. It's Proverbs 4, isn't it? Don't let the word depart out of your mouth. Right? We always, we, we attend to it. It's first place. I don't let anything else in, in the world have first place. The word does. I, I give the word my undivided attention. I keep it in the midst of my heart. I keep it ever before my eyes. I never let the word of God depart out of my mouth. I'm always talking the word. Why do I always talk the word? Because I'm something? No, I'm just an overflow. Anybody can be an overflow. See, we're going to get to heaven Every one of us is built and made to walk by faith. To do things that are so far beyond the norm. Call me anything, don't call me normal. Right? Don't call me normal. If I'm doing normal things, I'm missing the plan of God for my life. When you say what the Bible says, over time, it does something to the inside of you. It changes you on the inside. But it, but it can't be where you keep setting it down. See, the only reason why people get defeated is they're setting it down. And then they'll pick it up, but then they'll set it down. But the real power comes to empower you to go from a hearer to a doer is when you don't set it down. And you walk through life. Now, here's the thing. You want to be really good at fulfilling your schedule and being good at work? you got to always have the word in front of you where you're meditating in it day and night. You'll do so much more at work. When you start to learn how to keep your, when you keep your eyes on the Lord, it's what you're doing is you're, you're plugged into the supply. 
So now you're str- how do you how do you how can you be be strong in the Lord? You keep your eyes on Him. Amen. The minute you take your eyes off Him, you'll start to you start to go your way. And here's the thing with God: He He won't line up with us. He can't violate His word, and He can't violate your will. So if His will is here and you want to go there, all He's going to do is try to woo you back. But he won't go, well, you know, let me just compromise a little bit and go over here, right? It's kind of like when you take a little child to a restaurant and they want to get out of this, the child's seat. And you look at parents and the kid's freaking out and you're like, don't do it. Because if they get out of that seat, there is no going back, right? <laughs> right? So, you know, it's, it's kind of like that. No, you want to just, you want to so fill yourself with the word of God. It's a wonderful way to live because he loves you. The word of God will speak to you. God's words will start affecting your heart. God's words will show you what to do. In every decision of your life, you're to be led by the spirit of God. Why? Because he will take you places that are beyond you. And that's where you're to live. You will always say what you see. I love Matthew chapter 10. I love it. In verse 22, at the end of this verse, it says this. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. Saved. You could read it like this. But he that endures till the end will prosper. He that endures till the end will walk in the health that God's provided for him. How do you endure till the end? Praise God, first of all, it's the, there's an end. If you're in a battle right now, it's, it, there's an end to it. There's a victory that you already possess. Keep your eyes on the Lord. That's your only thing. You be willing and obedient. You just keep your eyes on God and let him work it out. You just go where he tells you to go and do what he tells you to do. Sounds a lot like Isaiah 119. Be willing and obedient and you'll eat the good of the land. In Isaiah 40, you don't need to turn there. I'll just read it to you. Isaiah chapter 40 in verse 31, it says this. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Who renews your strength? They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. See, what you do, if you wait on the Lord, now you're positioned in a place where you've now chosen to have your strength renewed. Some people sit, feeling sorry for themselves, and what they're really doing, they're refusing to believe God's word. And what they don't realize is God did everything he can do for them in salvation. Now it's a matter of them laying hold of it, right? So what what people will do is they'll sit in their own stubbornness and pride and disobedience, feeling sorry for themselves wherever they are, and they will sit there and wait for a feeling. I just need, okay, is this it? Or they'll hear a song, or they'll watch a movie, or, they, or sometimes there's no rest for them, and they're just so frustrated because they know they need their strength renewed. But if they'll just wait on the Lord, what does that mean? That Hebrew phrase, wait on the Lord, means to stay in a place and a state of expectancy. It means to literally bind together by twisting. 
So when I, when I am looking at God's word and I see that by his stripes I was healed and that I'm a world overcomer, that I'm above only and not beneath, that I stay, as I have my eyes fixed on him, on a, in a state of expectancy. I'm expecting it to change. In that place is where my strength, I'll renew my strength. And that's where it says, look at what it says, and they'll mount up with wings as eagles. So you'll get enough courage and you'll have enough strength in the middle of your storm. It's talking about the golden eagle in the Midwest. Or in the mid Midwest. A little different. The Middle East. Here we go. Thank goodness we don't live in the Middle East yet, right? What a golden eagle would do. I've said this before. They have, they have in their, in their, their wingspan is usually about six feet. But in their wings, they could lock them. So that they, they, you know, they are not flexible. They could lock them in place to where they just stay like this. And, and a golden eagle will stand on a high cliff way above where other animals are. And he'll see other animals running from a storm that's coming. And when that storm comes, he doesn't run from it. He literally mounts up. He waits in a state of expectancy. He's looking at this storm going, man, is this going to be cool when I rise above this? Just like the Christian, when you see the storm, when your eyes are on Jesus, when you see a storm, you're like, man... This is going to be a great victory. And you wait expecting. And when that storm hits, you, you literally jump out of the boat. And you mount up. That's what it means. That he would, the eagle will mount up. And that updraft will catch underneath his wings. And he'll go in a circle. It'll take him in a circle until he pops out above the clouds. You'll mount up as wings of eagles. You'll run and you'll not be weary. You'll walk and you won't faint. That's the walk of faith. Psalm 46.10, you should all know this. It says, be still and know that I'm God. If you're stressed, you're not going to even be thinking that way. See, this faith is not a rush. It's not, man, if this doesn't happen this time, I'm history. No, it's a rest. It's a rest. So in Hebrews chapter 6, I, you guys could go there. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Is this helping you today? This is faith. I'd love to get to the story of the woman with the issue of blood because it's a picture of this lady that just refused to take anything less. When you walk by faith, you are, when you know God, you're strong enough now in him to reach out and seize hold of things. You stand in the face of everything and say, I refuse. I will not ever be defeated. I'm never gonna quit. I refuse to have anything less than what God said he's given me. And the world needs to see that in you. Because when they see that in you, it'll cause them to run to him. So many people walking around saying, well, I don't believe that stuff. Well, of course they don't. They look at us. And we're defeated and weak, sick. Well, listen, let's get that out of our lives. But here's the cool thing. You could be right in the middle of a sickness. Believe in God and your life will be a witness because they'll see it in you. And then when they see you come out, woo. It's wonderful. 
It says in Hebrews 6.12 that you be not slothful. Now that doesn't mean if you've ever watched Zootopia. (laughs) It's not a sloth. I think I'm going to read my Bible, right? No, that's not what we're talking about, okay? That word in the Greek language means lazy. Lazy. You know, one of the big hindrances to walking this way is you can't be lazy. Which means your flesh is not going to want to do this. So you need to beat it black and blue and make it do it every day. You, the spirit being. That you be not slothful or lazy, but how are we to be? We're to be followers of them. Who are you following today? You want to follow people that are walking by faith, that are full of the word of God. Oh, are they perfect? No, they're not perfect. I mean, by perfect, I mean they're not flawless, but by wholehearted, yes, they're wholehearted. But they've made a decision in their life, I'm walking this way. But followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You inherit the promises of God through faith and through patience. Now it's interesting because there's two nouns for patience. In this scripture, it's the Greek word makrumia. It literally, well I'll read it. It, it, it literally means persistence, perseverance, it means constancy. Here's a big one, it means being single-minded. I'm keeping my eyes, I'm single-minded. There is no option. See, Satan's the big option giver. I don't live my life with options. It's not, I'm going to walk by faith or walk by sight. No, Jesus is my Lord, I'm going to walk by faith. Well, what if my flesh doesn't like it, so what? It's not, well, maybe I'll get in the Word today, maybe I won't. No, he said that I'm always to be in the Word, so I'm always going to be in the Word. Does that make sense? It's not, well, okay, I'm in a situation, I've really been done wrong or I'm hurt. Uh, I'm going to walk in love or I'm not going to walk in love. No. So if I ever jump over here out of the love walk, I'm going to jump right back because Jesus is my Lord. It's like, no, I've made my decision. I walk, by, I walk in the love of God. I walk by the faith of God. I've, I'm led by the Spirit of God. These are my only options in life. So I've got to keep my eyes in the book to do that. This word means sound. It means solid. But this word, this noun, has in it long-suffering and endurance maybe with people. So this verb a lot of times is used, it's, it's really the same word as hupomene, but it, it has a slant. It's, it's not long-suffering, but it's very close, but it deals a lot with people. I would tell you when you look in the word, and we're going to see the other word, hupomene, which is an endurance that literally is birthed and grows under trial, you know, I, if you look at this word, it's going to deal a lot. This scripture is dealing with people. You're to be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You don't want to follow people that are not single-minded, that are not constant. Does that make sense? So patience, let me talk about patience a little bit. It's a spiritual force that works in unison with faith. Okay? It's part of your spirit. One of the fruit of your spirit is patience. It's a spiritual force that works in unison with faith. 
Patience is a spiritual force that will undergird and sure up your mind so that you keep it constant on the Word of God while you're allowing faith to go do the work. So you got to get this. So patience, whether it be macrumia or hupomene, it's a spiritual force that works in union with faith. And what it does is it undergirds your mind. It shores up your mind. Basically, it keeps you focused thinking about God's word so that you will literally have the, keep the word in your heart and in your mouth so that faith now can go out and do the work. And you don't do the work. Faith does the work. Does that make sense? So this is why you obtain the promise through faith and patience. Because if you don't have patience, you'll be a forgetful hearer. Your mind, the enemy's throwing all these thoughts. Look at how bad this is, how unfair this is. Look how uncomfortable you are. And you'll, if, you don't, if you don't walk in that patience, why don't you walk in it? Because you're lazy. And you're just around whoever you want to be around. Now see, in our society today, they say loneliness is growing at an unprecedented rate. But when I talk about being around, being a follower, who do you spend most of your time with? In our society, uh, it, 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 it looks something like this. Usually hangs right on a wall, right? Might have a sound bar underneath it. You could watch 18 different things at once. You could be followers of some ridiculous stuff. So you got to be careful here. Because see, all these things spill in. Then this young single guy meets this girl and he thinks, well, you know, I really like her, man. She's gorgeous, but she's not a Christian yet. So, but but I will, I'll just date her and I'll win her to the Lord. Run for your life, right? Or vice versa. Here's this girl. Man, I'm just doing so good. I've seen this so many times. I, I'm doing so good. I'm on fire for God. And then, and then here he is. And normally I'll say, well, what church does he go to? Uh... Oh, run. Run. Because, I mean, if you meet somebody full of the word, you'll know where they go to church. You'll know. Well, oh, well, he doesn't go to church. He goes once in a while because he's busy. Yeah, I bet he's busy. Right? But I'm going to win him to the Lord. Okay. There could be a first. I've never seen it. Right? Be careful. Your friends, well, they're my friends at work, and you know I'm kind of lonely, so I, I, end up, I go out with them, and I do things because I like being around them. Just be, be careful, because about 100 times out of 100, I, I usually see the friends win, win the Christian, right? Why? Because he's going his own way, so there's no, there's no blessing in it. So patience, this spiritual force, it does not surrender ever to circumstances. Why? Because your eyes are on the Lord. Your eyes are on the word. You are not wired for surrender. Your spirit man doesn't even know. Your flesh always wants to surrender because it just wants the easiest thing. But all, all roads of the flesh, because it has that nature from Satan in it, 
it all, rose, it all goes to death. It'll, your flesh just wants me. He, your flesh will always point you to think about you. According to Romans 8.3, or I think it's 8.2 or 3, the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, is the law of agape love. It's made you free from the law of sin and death, which is selfishness and self-centeredness, the very nature of the enemy. Your flesh will always pull you to live for you. But life, Zoe life, is never found in living for you. It's found in living for him, living for others. We're not even made. See, the love of God's been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost when I got saved. The love of God never considers itself. Do you know God never sits on the throne and considers himself? He always considers us. You will not do well in life if you're considering yourself. Nobody ever wins an argument in marriage because you're in the wrong place. Patience gives you the ability to stand unmovable in the face of any circumstance. This is a huge thing. Always realize this. If you get in faith and you stay in faith, you will get the, what the Word says every time. So many people in the church are saying, man, I hope this works out because I, I know so many people and I know in my life where, you know, I, I believe God and it just didn't work out. That's impossible. You took your eyes off of it. Because if you get in faith and stay in faith, you'll always walk in the promises. Always. It's impossible. Why? Because God can't lie. Does that make sense? So in Galatians, I want you to look at this one too. We're, we're getting pretty close to closing here. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So you could give your stomach a break. Your stomach's about to be fulfilled. It'll be awesome. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Very important part of this message right here. you got to know this. It says, And let us not be weary in well-doing. This word weary means tired and faint in your heart. Don't be weary in well-doing. Well, what's something that's well-doing? Meditating in the Word day and night. Keeping the Word first place. Giving the Word your undivided attention. Have you ever, have you ever just, you're like, okay, I'm going to get in faith. And you're quoting scriptures. And, and you know, because you're just growing. And, and, and the enemy's throwing thoughts. This isn't working. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. And then all of a sudden, you take your eyes off the word because you're like, man, it's been a week. Right? And you take your eyes, the minute you take your eyes off the word, you start going, wow, it's not working. And now you're, you're getting tired and faint. And this word heart, literally, it's not talking about your spirit. It's talking about your mind. You're getting tired and faint in your mind. So it says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, this is what it looks like, this word faint. This is what it looks like. It doesn't, so, so we think that if I get to this point, it's just I've got my answer. But what we don't realize is the minute I believe I receive, 
I already have received it. I'll have it. So really, I have it, but I don't have it in the physical realm yet. So what happens if I, to get faint, it's not like I'm going, oh, this is so hard. Oh, right? No, this is faint. This is faint. I just relax and I let go of it. That's what that word weary means in Galatians. Don't be weary in well-doing, right? Don't be weary in well-doing. Look what it says. For in due season you shall reap. You will see it in this realm if you don't relax and let go of it. Because it's already yours. Do you see that? So remember, you keep your eyes on the word. You, you are a doer of the word, which just means you never take your eyes off the word. And you'll know if you're there because you're going to be speaking the word of God. Will you ever feel weak? Will you ever feel confused? Will you ever feel like, man, this is just not working out? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And you know how that is to move you? Not at all. Because you're a child of God. Amen. You're strong enough. Jesus, for the, when he has been beaten where most people would die, where they, they shoved the crown of thorns in his head and mocked him and beat him. I mean, this, it, it says about Jesus, by his stripes you were healed. But in the Hebrew language, it's stripe. And a Hebrew uh, theologian or scholar says, if you could have seen one, one whipping from another, it would have had to use the plural word in the Hebrew language, but you couldn't. His whole back was opened up. His head was ripped up, his whole backside. He had lost so much blood. Crown of thorns in your head. His head would have been swelling, all the pain. And then they took a 110-pound log and they put it on his shoulders, and now he had to walk the Via Dolorosa up to where he'd be crucified. The Bible said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. We think it's just us getting saved. But it's, that's half of it. The joy was him seeing us come to the knowledge of the truth and walk in victory at no matter what Satan throws at me, I will never be defeated because I'm in him and he's faithful. So patience will undergird my mind and keep me on the word of God until faith brings it into this realm and I see it. The tumor's gone, the sickness is gone, my knee is healed, the money's there, whatever it is. That's what we're talking about, continuing in the word of God.